Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time, not from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios, but live from Los Angeles on Radio Row. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford, the best in the business. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. That's where you can find them. Uh, Of course, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs is what you can get from Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. And you know that if you are looking for your dream address without the stress, the Gary Ashton team of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com can put you in a position to succeed. All you got to do is get involved at GaryAshton.com. And, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook promo code A2Z Sports gets you in on all the action in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And I'll tell you how you can get in on the action in Super Bowl 56 later on. So there's a lot of different things happening. This is my first time on Radio Row. We did the radio show here earlier, came back to do primetime. There may be like 20 people left in this giant. This is like you're seeing one quarter, I guess, of Radio Row. There's radio stations from all over the country, and they're all talking about two teams, right, for the most part, the Bengals and the Rams. You've got people walking all over the place. You've got Pat McAfee to my right. You've got Jonathan Taylor. I don't know why there are two Colts first that came to mind, but two Colts wandering around. Debo Samuel slinging Old Spice like everybody's here and everybody's talking about the Super Bowl. So kind of got me processing just to kind of tie it back into local stuff and, and look at it and say, all right, so how far away are the Tennessee Titans from playing in a game like this, from getting back to a Super Bowl? You know, you talked to Luke Worsham last night about John Robinson and about Mike Vrabel. Austin Stanley and Zach Bingham, they talked about it this morning as well and kind of, you know, the different angles of what this team, what this franchise is capable of under those two and how far it's come from the depths of being completely irrelevant to where it is now where it's perpetually considered a playoff contender. So tonight we're going to talk about maximizing that Super Bowl window And I kind of want to start there with your Two Rivers Ford take. So what I want to ask you live here from Super Bowl Radio Row, what do the Titans need most to win a Super Bowl in the 2022 season? Because let's just focus on next year. I'm not talking 10-year plan. I'm not talking Matt Rule's seven-year plan. I'm not talking about any of this stuff. I want to know what it's going to take for them to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender in the next season, given that they botched it uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals in the divisional round. Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You can let us know in the comment section, and we'd be grateful for your participation here on A to Z Sports Primetime from Super Bowl 56. And while you guys give me your Two Rivers Ford take, I'll tell you about Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet the best in the business. They've been doing business with honesty and integrity since 1983. That's nearly 40 years in Middle Tennessee, operating with uh, the customer at the forefront. Two Rivers Ford wins awards for their customer service. And in fact, you can do something like the Built For You program, which situates you with whatever Ford you want, any color, any available features. You can customize the vehicle. Two Rivers Ford will build it and bring it, deliver it, right to your door. They're all about your convenience and your customer service at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So what do the Titans need most to make it 
to a Super Bowl, to win a Super Bowl, I think is the better question. To win a Super Bowl, because it's, you know, to get there is one thing. It is an accomplishment to get there. Of course, we all know this. But to actually put themselves in a conversation about a team who can win one, I think is a much different element of these things. And I was kind of going through that today, and I saw a handful of different people making the rounds. You saw people like Warren Moon, who's, of course, a Houston Oilers uh, great legend of the franchise before they became the Tennessee Titans in Houston. Warren Moon, Hall of Famer. He was actually on 3HL today, and he was talking about this kind of stuff and, you know, really talking more off air about, you know, I think Tannehill's going to be okay, and I think that they are still going to be able to kind of achieve at this level. And, you know, you kind of get into the nuts and bolts of this. I talked to a couple of different people today, and I tried to piece together. Basically, that's that's what my entire offseason has been about. How do you piece together what this thing is supposed to be? What it's supposed to be as a as a Super Bowl competitor team, as, as a Super Bowl competitor, as a team that can legitimately achieve, that can continue to win division titles, that can continue to be a, a playoff uh, contender, and can finally push themselves over the top in the way that they've never done in franchise history. MB says Warren Moon is the best Oiler Titan quarterback of all time. And I'm, I, uh, you know, having seen them in different eras and really, you know, in the case of Warren Moon and really even Steve McNair, you know, watching highlights on YouTube and seeing how different the game was, how different the game was officiated basically in a way that has drastically helped quarterbacks. Some of the hits, some of the tackles you see on these guys, they would never be allowed. And that may well be so as far as talent is concerned. You probably put those three in the conversation. And it's, I mean, it's not murderer's row, right? You have a Hall of Famer in Warren Moon. You have an MVP, a co-MVP, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of, I mean, a decade ago, over a decade ago at this point in Steve McNair. And then you have Ryan Tannehill, who has been, you know, understanding that he is the reason a lot of you guys are pissed off, the reason why a lot of you guys feel like your season ended, and justifiably so. Ryan Tannehill has been one of the most effective quarterbacks that the Titans have had. There haven't been a lot of them, right? It's a very, very small sample size. You can kind of go back to, you know, guys uh, guys like Dan Pastorini in, in different eras of football and, and go back through the history of this thing and, and see that, you know, high-level quarterback play has not been very easy for the Oilers-Titans franchise to come by so you go you go and you kind of piece through this thing and you say all right so what what makes the difference between Ryan Tannehill and the Titans the Rams and Matt Stafford Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals all right going back through history what makes the difference between you know the greatest of all time Tom Brady who continue who's played in 10 Super Bowls who's won seven of them has now won more Super Bowls than the New England Patriots he went one and went and won one with the Bucks put himself in a class you know, alone, up a different tier of superstardom, the greatest to ever do it, right? What kind of differentiates Ryan, differentiates Ryan Tannehill from somebody like just going through the list of Nick Foles, who just got, I mean, had a good team around him and did have some spectacular performances, particularly in the Super Bowl itself, but as a backup quarterback, went on one of the most improbable runs that we've ever seen. Uh, there's there's so many different layers of different kind of quarterbacks that have made it to this game and ended up winning this game. Some far better in a in a tier unto themselves than the rest of these guys. Where you kind of go through and look at the different players. Uh, Chip Clark nine oh nine on Twitter says. 
Trevor Lawrence is going to be the new king in the AFC South, and that that may well be. I don't know what's going to happen with Doug Peterson and uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence in year two. I hope for Trevor Lawrence's uh, sake. I know Titans fans don't root for that, but just as somebody who enjoys the sport and wants to see young quarterbacks succeed, I want to see Trevor Lawrence succeed at a high level. I want to see him get legitimate help. It's tough to imagine, given that that's such a godforsaken franchise as far as the Jacksonville Jags are concerned, but where, where, where does this kind of thing, what does this separate, right? What do they need to put them over the top? And it's something that I was talking about with former Ravens and Eagles, two-time Super Bowl winner, Cor, uh, Torrey Smith, today on Radio Row. He was making the rounds. We got a chance to catch up with Torrey earlier in the, earlier in the radio show, and we're going to have a bunch of great guests here from Radio Row tomorrow and Friday as well, jam-packed. Uh, with a bunch of people that you will want to hear from. And I thought, you know, in talking to Tory about winning Super Bowls and the different kind of quarterbacks that Tory has won with, Joe Flacco, who went on an 11-0 touchdown to interception run to win his Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl MVP. Bucket says, imagine not giving Leftwich what he wants so you can hire Doug effing Peterson. Well, you know, there is that, and we'll see how the uh, how the odds favor the Jacksonville Jags. History tells us that they are not inclined to make the best decisions. So we'll see if the it's it's what it's what's that line from dodgeball where they're sitting there calling the the final match and basically you know we'll see how this plays out for them, Cotton. That's that's how this that's how this feels like it's going in Jacksonville. But when you kind of boil things down to where the Titans are with this thing and how much better they can be, how much closer they can get, can they do it under this current? administration Torrey Smith with Nick Foles and with Joe Flacco won Super Bowls and so that was my question to Torrey today is just how important is the idea of a franchise caliber high level elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl this was Torrey Smith on the radio show I don't know how to tell Titans fans that they can legitimately win with Ryan Tannehill but then I look at guys like Joe and Nick who have done it different ways and think that it's it's not you need elite quarterback play, but it's just about at the right time can a professional athlete get hot. Mm. And I think Joe and Nick are great examples of that. What was it like to live those two experiences? I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, I think I tell people all the time, um, the best team doesn't always win, the hottest team wins. And that's what that's why I wasn't so high on the Titans as the number one seed. Okay. All, simply because they weren't playing their best ball. Right, like when they had that stretches during the season, I'm like, oh yeah, there, this could be it, right? Yeah. But you have to be rolling at the back end. Everything has to be clicking on the back end, and I think if if that's not the same, it's it's a lot harder. And you're able to see that. Obviously, the injury bug, you know, hit the team. Like, ninety one right? players, man. right? You know, ninety one players. The, the injury year. bug. That's that's a real thing. I know people, coaches can't make excuses, but I can. That's a real. <laughs> that, that's a real thing, you sure. know. But when you're not rolling or you're not necessarily as healthy as you can be at the back end, it's tough. But you know, I think living in two experiences like literally where we got hot like that's why those things were able to happen joe flacco had the best super bowl run of any quarterback i he, remember 11, I mean, 11 touchdowns, touchdowns zero, picks. zero picks yeah so people can say whatever they want yeah we wouldn't have won that super bowl without him playing that way yeah and then on the flip side of that with Foles, we were stink like when when carson went out we didn't like guys were like in the city it's funny how things change when you win, but people are like, oh, my goodness, we don't stand a chance. Yeah. 
And people forget Carson Wentz was one healthy game away from being the MVP. It's crazy how timing can change the narrative. Oh, of buddy, everything. I work in sports talk radio. It changes by <laughs> hour. Right. It changes me? everything. And so, you know, for Foles to get hot and play the way he did, you know, it's amazing because the Falcons game, uh, um, Foles didn't play lights out. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because we won the game. So you get to the next level, you know, and watch him take off. I mean, it was it was huge. And to be a part of both runs and really to witness it all come together, it was pretty special. So that was uh, two-time Super Bowl champ Torrey Smith on the radio show today. Uh, that full interview, because we had a lot of fun with Torrey Smith talking about, you know, the Ravens and Titans rivalry, A.J. Brown, and that Super Bowl idea of, of can is Ryan Tannehill capable of going on those kind of quarterback caliber Super Bowl runs, right? Where you're, I mean, Joe Flacco with the most improbable, one of the most improbable Super Bowl MVP runs in NFL history. Truly, people don't think about that. And that was at the, you know, the height of is Joe Flacco elite sports talk radio banter that drove you crazy because you could do it on and on and on and on. And there was, you know, evidence on one side and evidence to the contrary. And, you know, the way that his career, to, to Joe Flacco's credit, he's still in the league, but, like, you don't think of him and Nick Foles as two guys, Super Bowl MVP caliber player in it. And so it begs the question, is is the Titans quarterback ever going to be capable of doing something like that? You know, to a to an extent, I mean, Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford are completely different conversations, right? Because Joe Burrow is doing it in spite of a terrible offensive line that came into – Tennessee in the divisional round they took they took the Titans stuff the Titans literally gave it back to them in a way that was clear and obvious to everybody when they probably had the the closest thing to a kill shot that anybody's seen on Cincinnati yet Matt Stafford has been great but he also almost threw the interception that ended their season he threw that interception that was dropped hit Jaquiski Tart the 49er safety right in the chest hit him right in the chest that's the Matt Stafford death pick and the safety dropped it. Now Los Angeles and the Rams are in the Super Bowl. So is Ryan Tannehill ever capable of going to be capable of something like that? And, you know, when we talk about what do the Titans need to win the Super Bowl, what, what one thing is keeping them down, I'm going to tell you what I think it is. Read some more of your comments and discuss it at a little further detail here in just a second, right after I remind you about DraftKings Sportsbook, the moment that we've been waiting for since September. Finally here, we're here in Los Angeles for it. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. You bet just $5 or more and get 208 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, you can bet on Super Bowl 56 props. Instead, DraftKings Sportsbook offers a wide range of props, wide variety of props throughout the big game. You can take your shot at winning cash by predicting props, like if a non-quarterback will throw a pass, fourth down conversions, total yardage, and so much more. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code A2ZSports, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. You bet just $5 more and get 280 in free bets if your team wins with promo code A to Z Sports this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. So, when you when you kind of go through 
the the scenarios on this thing and kind of figuring out, all right, how far away is the local professional football team from being in a game, in a place like this, participating in a Super Bowl, given the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals had to beat the Tennessee Titans after beating the Las Vegas Raiders, after beating the Kansas City, or before beating the Kansas City Chiefs to run through uh, one of the more improbable Super Bowl runs to find themselves here. And I think that you kind of, I think that you kind of go through this and say, well, they have a quarterback that's capable enough. I think most reasonable, logical people would sit here and say, Ryan Tannehill, with his talent, is capable of going on a similar kind of, you know, weird, fluky, Nick Foles, Joe Flacco. I mean, Eli Manning's got a couple of these thrown in there. Uh, There's so many different examples of, subpar average quarterbacks who have had teams around them and also because they're professional athletes can get hot at any given time. We've seen a million different examples of this. So when we talk about it and when we kind of look at the numbers and see where what around Ryan Tannehill may have failed him, where Ryan Tannehill failed the football team, you know, I think that you kind of go through this and say, they're still, you know, it's, it drives you crazy. Because the reality of the situation is, the reality of the situation is, there's really not that much difference between the two teams that are playing here, given that Titans came to L.A. in November. I was here. You guys were here with me covering the game when they won on Sunday Night Football in the first game without Derrick Henry. And everybody's looking around like, what the hell did we just watch? And, by the way, did it without a great performance from Ryan Tannehill. Did it without Derrick Henry. And you're kind of looking around like this is really, really bizarre. They have no business winning this game. So you go on throughout the course of the season. They continue to win. They find their way into the first overall seed. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, they, they're they so weird because they have no business doing this. And the playoff record is what it is. At this point in the postseason, all five postseason games coming as a Tennessee Titan, none with the Miami Dolphins because he got hurt the one year. That they uh, that they won that the uh, that the Miami Dolphins made the playoffs. Matt Moore played that playoff game. Two and three is the record. Two wins, one in New England, one in Baltimore, a loss in Kansas City, three straight losses after that fact. Right, lose in the AFC Championship game, lose at home to the Ravens in 2020, lose at home to the Bengals as the number one overall seed in Nashville. It's it's a pretty glaring thing. But when you kind of boil it down to, you know, how, how much do you assign a quarterback success with win-loss, I think that you're really doing yourself a disservice when you look at all of the, all of the different things. Because this was the same conversation being had, had around a, a, a more talented quarterback, for sure. A more talented quarterback, for sure, and Matt Stafford. Think about the conversation that we were having about Matt Stafford prior to joining the Rams, where he's, you know, you're, he's clearly talented. He plays for a loser franchise in Detroit, they, but they never, they never get over the top with just Stafford. Right. And they've had players from time to time. They've always had good skill position players um, from time to time. And you kind of, you kind of boil that down and be like, all right. So if Matt Stafford and he didn't, Jaquiski Tart didn't pick off that pass that could have ended the Rams season, but Matt Stafford has now won three straight playoff games. Does that mean that Matt Stafford is the sole reason that the Los Angeles Rams are in the Super Bowl? No, because he almost ended their season single-handedly in the same way that we've 
that we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo do, in the same way that we saw Ryan Tannehill do, in the same way that we saw Patrick Mahomes do in overtime of the championship game. It's a it's a weird conversation because you 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 spend so much time trying to diagnose and analyze and seeing all right where can the football team improve and what can what can they get rid of what can they do better with blah 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 and it ultimately boils down to man they were they were right there and the only difference is in that specific moment and that's you know that's crunch time right that's people who cite you know in the LeBron uh, Jordan argument rings over rings over pure high-level athleticism, right? Michael Jordan is one of the greatest winners in in American sport. One of the greatest winners in sports, Tom Brady, is considered this because in the clutch, he comes comes through. Ryan Tannehill had the ability to do that twice and both times failed. Both times failed. I mean, three times if you want to be technical about it because they did have that lead on the Kansas City Chiefs. There is enough of a sample size for all of us, myself included, to sit here and look at this and say, all right, Ryan Tannehill has a lot to prove to people. And and until such time, he's going to continue to deal with the scrutiny. He's going to continue to deal with this criticism. It's all going to be justified because it's all right there, fact in front of us. And also, I think we can all acknowledge that he's one of the most he's one of the most successful quarterbacks in this franchise history. And when you look at the rest of these things, and how kind of fluky Super Bowl runs can be, you know, how how fair or unfair are we being to Ryan Tannehill specifically because he's the guy who threw the through the three picks, right? First inter- first play of the game, he throws an interception. It's a deal breaker. It's it's soul crushing. I spent all that week talking about it, and many people did. Spent all that week talking about, it. all right, he has to do something in the postseason. And then what did he do in the postseason? He completely shit the bed. Like there's so many different layers of that. And until such time as he continues, as he continues to, you know, show us that he can't, I mean, he's going to be continued to, he's going to, he is going to be considered a choker until such time as he could prove us otherwise. And I think that's a completely fair label, but also understanding that there was plenty of things outside Ryan Tannehill that failed around it. Part of the problem. Yes. The entire problem. Of course not. I think that's super, super narrow minded. Uh, Evan says, Buck. You're in touch with the locker room. Well, you know, that's a that's a good, you know, I, I kind of, but I haven't been. I mean, you guys, you guys forget. I haven't been in a locker room in two going on, right? Like none of us have been. We, we've, we've still been doing like fence line interviews. So, yeah, I mean, I, I talk to, I talk to players, right? And even, even after the season's over, you keep in touch with things that are going on. So, yeah, but I'll, I'd be I'd be lying to you if I said I knew a whole bunch about like Bud Dupree or Danico Autry, like the the newer guys. Never never once met Jadavion Clowney. We only had two. I think we had two. We may not even have have had two Zoom appearances with him. So you know, I want to I want to be specific in saying that. Yeah, in touch with the locker room, sure. But you know, we again we haven't been able to get real access to these guys in in almost three years at this point. But his question is, do you think AJ? And friends still believe in Ryan Tannehill. That's the most important part. You know, I think AJ AJ Brown would would back him continuously, right? Taylor Lewan has backed him continuously. And do I think they still believe in him? Yes, because not because you know they not be not for the same reasons that I'm espousing, right? Not because we've seen it happen and seen it be successful, and so. At some point, why is it not? Why is it happening 
all regular season long for the most part, right? You know, 11 wins last year, uh, 12 wins this year, home playoff games both years, and then all of a sudden it just stops. I think there's certain, and we've dissected this a lot, right? You, you break down, is the offense creative enough? No, is the answer. Is Ryan Tannehill good enough in those moments? No, is the answer. I think that both of those things need to improve for them to be legitimately in contention. I think both of those things need to be better. The offensive play calling, the offensive play design, and the success and efficiency, the operation of the quarterback who cannot get out there in the biggest game of the year and, you know, basically be the biggest issue for them on the field. Because, I mean, he was. He was. There's there's flatly no way around it. And I said... People are going to be able to call him a choker until such time as he proves uh, them otherwise. And he may not, he may not do it. He may, we could, we could be having this conversation endlessly and it may never happen. It may be like a Marcus Mariota, you know, you're on these, on this hamster wheel of trying to dissect and analyze the quarterback. And is he the guy? Is he not the guy? And that's the worst, worst possible place to be stuck in because you don't know if you have the thing. You knew it wasn't Marcus Mariota. You know that you got a lot better than Ryan with Ryan Tannehill, but now you're in this kind of purgatory where how many regular season wins is good enough to say, yeah, this is good enough? Or is it really coming down to the postseason and it's three games, three straight losses in the playoffs? Is it is it a big enough sample size to be like, yeah, this guy just this guy can't guy doesn't have it, right? as as unscientific analysis as that might be like at a certain point when do you say this guy just this guy just doesn't have it and i i don't know what the right point is all i know is it's not good enough and it needs to be substantially better ronnie sneed says they're on a hamster wheel with Tannehill right now is my opinion especially when it comes to the playoffs and again you know i think that's just kind of echoing the same sentiment that i've had ronnie and there'll be plenty more time to talk about it but they need both things to improve the offensive play design, the offensive creativity, and the quarterback, they all need to be improved. Otherwise, they're going to stay in this kind of football purgatory. Not even hell, but purgatory. Um, and, you know, you trust Mike Vrabel and John Robinson. It's the whole reason they got contract extensions because, I mean, largely, even though there are draft misses and there are bad coaching decisions and, you know, you can focus in on all of these things that, that are much easier to point out than the consistency that they've brought and stabilizing the Tennessee Titans and bringing them up from a literal nowhere franchise. I think a lot can be said for that. Um, let's, let's move on and let's talk about some news that came out of the NFL today. And, and I'm not, I promise I'm not going to do another, you know, Roger Goodell and racism in the NFL show, even though it's tempting because that was, I mean, hell, that was the lead on NBC nightly news. I want to talk about some other news that came out about where NFL teams and where the Titans are in consideration for this where they're going to play internationally in coming seasons. You're going to hear from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network on this. Titans have already made one international trip to London a couple of years ago. Mike Vrabel's first year. You want to talk about coaching decisions. The decision to go for two to avoid overtime overseas and lose in dramatic fashion against the uh, at the time San Diego Chargers. Talking about a, potentially another international trip for Tennessee. And I want to know where you would most like to see the Titans play internationally in the comments on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you guys about our friends at Brimac Mechanical. B-R-Y 
M-A-K, brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. They'll put you in your comfort zone. They've got three locations to do it. They've got commercial. They've got the ability to do commercial work, residential work, duct work to improve your air quality, whatever you need at B-R-Y-M-A-K-Brimac.com. So uh, where would you like to see the Titans play internationally? They've already played a London game, and it's being talked about that the NFL at some point, and potentially the Titans, they're headed to Germany. Yeah, and you heard Roger Goodell mention it in that clip we played just there. There's going to be now four games in Germany, one in each of the next four years, two in Munich, two in Frankfurt. And, you know, so much of what the NFL has done internationally is about growing the game and and reaching more fans. We've seen games successfully in Mexico over the last couple of years. The NFL going back to Mexico uh, this year, which I know uh, has made so many people uh, in Mexico, so many Mexican fans thrilled. The fans in Germany equally thrilled. Now they get four games. And I can't possibly overstate this. If I just talk it about me personally, Patrick, if I ever do anything in Germany regarding the NFL, a show, an interview, the interest is bananas. It is so crazy. They love football. Just anecdotally, I'm, they go after my social media. I am for all of this. Uh, German fans love the NFL, and the fact that it's going to be live there in person is fantastic. The only other thing that needs to happen is I need to go there with it. Um, I'll talk to my bosses about that. We'll see how far I get. Well, so that's Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network earlier today coming off of Roger Goodell's press conference. That the NFL is going to play four games in Germany in the coming seasons, and the Titans are being discussed as one of the teams to go. Um, you know, I think I think it's interesting because I made that London trip in Vrabel's first season to, to London. The game, I mean, the, the venue was unreal at Wembley Stadium. The game was super dramatic uh, throughout the course of it, coming down to the final play right? The, uh, the two point conversion, um, to play for the win instead of the tie overseas that, uh, that was what, I mean, it was a pretty consequential game given the fact that they missed the, the playoffs by a win and in situation with the Indianapolis Colts at the end of the season and Blaine Gabbert at quarterback, right? I think we all remember that quite well. Um, so where would you like to see him play? Drew would, uh, Drew says Spain, Stephen King, says Mexico City, I bet they could steal a lot of fans. Steal a lot of fans from what? From like, uh, from international side? I don't know. I don't know if that would be the case. The Mexico City game a couple of years ago was pretty wild. You had uh, laser pointers in the stands shooting shooting lights at Brock Osweiler's eyes. It was the Raiders and the Texans. That's uh, That did not go smoothly. The field was a mess. Like the whole thing was a bit of a disaster in Mexico City. But, you know, the environment would be really, really cool. Demetrius said he went to the London game. Classic Vrabel move going for two and losing the game. I don't know about classic. It's definitely a Vrabel, you know, it's definitely in his DNA to do things like that. But I think that, uh, I think that you know, you benefit from those more often than not, even though that did lose the game. Uh, Steven Snyder says Paris. I love Paris. Paris is somewhere I've been a bunch of different times. The food is spectacular. I don't know where they would play in Paris, but it would be a fan, it would be a tremendous trip. Um, Fort Campbell for decades was based in Germany, says Puka. I, I, that's a really cool fact. I had no idea Fort Campbell just up the road, back in Nashville um, or back in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. That's a that's a really interesting fact. I had no idea. I should I you know I feel like I should probably like make a tr- I don't know I don't know if they like do visitors at Fort Campbell, but I feel like that would be an interesting place to go like visit and like learn more about just as somebody who has 
you know, no idea the history of the base there. Jeremy Graham says, this is just one of many factors that I can bring up and show people that proves downing is more of a problem than Tannehill. For example, did you know at the 49ers game, Downing called a quarterback keeper on a second and 16 in the second quarter at midfield. I felt everyone in the stadium getting a little more stupid just watching it. This actually happened. I'd have to go back and watch it. Jeremy, I don't remember specifically the second and 16 quarterback keeper. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of things that kind of jump out that way. Rio de Janeiro would be beautiful. Uh, Rio is a spectacular, uh, spectacular city to visit my home Egypt would be cool I don't know I don't know if there's a big Egyptian uh you know hunger for NFL football but I think certainly think certainly that uh I think certainly that the London game has been hugely successful and I think that the German games will probably be a lot of fun Stacy on Twitter points out that there's nobody in the background behind me except people cleaning up Radio Row at this point, it's because Radio Row Radio has basically been abandoned for a couple of hours. I, I tweeted out a video. I don't know how many people saw it. Some dude who's doing a night, like a nighttime sports show. He's one of like six people left in here at this point. Because this is I did my radio show here at 8 a.m. Pacific time. And to come back and do it at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Central time, uh, it's a much, much different scene. It's a very, it's a very, uh, it's, it's. It's it's a cavernous building. Again, you guys are looking at like one third of this. I tried to put the Super Bowl banners behind me, so like you guys would know that I'm at Super Bowl and not some kind of like sports talk radio convention. Um, Faso uh, Mahmoud says, "I forgive me if I've mispronounced that." Says you're from Egypt? Yeah. Well, my dad's side of the family has lived there for a couple of years. My whole dad's side of the family lives over there. It's a uh, fantastic place. If you've never been, go pay it a visit. Uh, the Russian Ukraine border. No, <laughs> we cannot play. We cannot play football right right now. I think we're sending we're sending troops right to the uh, to the border of Russia and Ukraine. So I don't know that a uh, that a active military uh, military situation is where you want to be playing Titans and Jags or something like that. Can you imagine? Uh, all right, let's uh, let's wrap this show up. With a, uh, with a video that I thought was pretty interesting today. A.J. Brown doesn't usually, like, get on Twitter with hype videos. You know, he tweeted out the thing about playing baseball or, you know, taking batting practice and the fact that he got drafted by the Padres and a bunch of pissed-off Titans fans in my mention saying, oh, he should be focused on football and not tweeting the Padres or saying that he uh, he is good enough to be drafted in the MLB, which he was, right? He's one of the best He's one of the best two-sport athletes uh, certainly that I've ever seen in my lifetime. But um, A.J. Brown is, uh, is uh, I think, musing on Twitter. And it's going to be a video that I want to share with you guys here in just a second. The question is going to be, where do you rank A.J. Brown among the best Titans wide receivers in the franchise history? You can count Oilers. You can count Titans. Where do you rank A.J. Brown here in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for your dream address without the stress. GaryAshton.com will help you win the buyer battle with the Intel Edge. They do it for the Titans. They do it for the Preds. They've done it for me and maximized the uh, and maximized my value in my property. You can win with the Intel Edge. Capitalize on your home equity. Cash in while the market's still red hot. There's a bunch of great reasons to trust the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So, where do you rank A.J. Brown 
as far as Titans wide receivers are concerned. Chris Frazier says one. Karen O'Keefe says one. Anthony Hill says ninth. That seems a tad low. Uh, two for uh, for Puka on Facebook Live. The best since they have been the Titans, says Scott Trevathan. Stacy cites Kendall Wright. Uh, you got, you got, a you got Kendall Hunter. Uh, there's a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of scrub wide receivers that have made their way through this franchise and have been fairly underwhelming. I mean, you can go back to Kenny Britt who had a couple of big plays, but never really materialized as what they needed him to be. And when you talk about AJ Brown and the kind of, you know, quote unquote down season that he had because of a lack of availability, you know, the ceiling for A.J. Brown, I don't think we've quite seen it yet, and that's exciting, should be exciting for a lot of Titans fans. On the outside, we'll say, you know, you're an NFL football player, exactly. you're a pro bowler, you make a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, you have a lot of notoriety. What could you possibly be down about, right? Yeah, um, life happens to everyone. You know, I'm human, just like everyone else. Just because I, I play this beautiful game, uh, just doesn't mean life is not going to happen to me, too. Look at me. Mama love you. And I know you ain't no little boy no more, but you'll always be my baby. It seems like only yesterday I was holding you in my arms. Now look at you now, big man. I always taught you that you could have whatever you dream. Well, I want you to hold on to that dream, baby. Hold on to it real tight. Because the sky is still going today um, I don't even have the words for it I don't know she she gives me strength she is who I play for um so um without without my little my little girl I don't know where I'd be so. all right so that's AJ Brown on his own social media account at 1k always open um, and you know, I think when you talk about the top wide receivers with the Titans, Derek Mason is probably sitting at the top. Drew Bennett is there. Nate Washington deserves consideration. Kendall Wright, um, at even, you know, even though he was hugely underwhelming as a player. And I think that you have to put AJ above all of those guys, don't you? I mean, again, Derek Mason won, you know, Drew, Pe- and we don't have to go in any particular order. I think Derek though, though belongs at the top. Drew Bennett, Nate Washington, Kenny Britt, and Kendall Wright. Like, A.J. Brown is better than, I mean, I mean, he's better than four of those five guys, and he will probably have, end up having, just because of the time that they played, even though he's not in a volume-passing offense, he's probably more talented. I mean, he is more talented 
than my buddy Derek Mason ever was. So I think at this point, like you got to consider at this point in his career, you got to look at him at least top three with Bennett and with Mason. And, you know, uh, your hope is if this guy's good enough, he can exceed those expectations. Um, But that's going to do it for us tonight from Radio Row. We're going to be back on the radio show at 10 a.m. Central time, 8 Pacific time. If you're out here in L.A., it's been a lot of fun. This place is completely empty by now, and we'll do prime time again from Empty Radio Row tomorrow night to wrap up our uh, Super Bowl coverage out here for the week. Enjoy uh, the rest of your evening. Radio show is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. We're going to have Mike Golick Sr., on we're gonna have uh we're gonna have Legarrett Blunt on it's gonna be a lot of fun there's gonna be a couple of different people rolling through here and we're looking forward to having you guys along for the ride see you tomorrow on the radio or if not tomorrow night on primetime